127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry, 127 at FBC Brian. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in a relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do, podcast crew. What's up? Man, we are back. I feel like it's been been a minute since we've been in this room. Been more than one minute, man. It's yeah. been like How long thousands been? of minutes. Because we recorded on a Sunday? Yeah, it's like been at least like 17 days, maybe. Oh, you've been counting. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've definitely feel a little rusty on this thing. I'm not gonna lie to you, but uh, we're here. I'm in a different seat because who who's here? Bailey's back. Bailey is back. That's what I'm talking about. John is on his way to Japan. I think he's there. Yeah, he's in Japan. Yeah, I stand corrected. Because he, I think he posted that the uh, his plane was bigger than the island of Japan on Instagram. Yeah. How? Uh, it was just like, you know, the graphic that they show on, oh. on a plane and it's like the huge plane going over, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. To yeah. show the, the pathway of things, but yeah. So what's, uh, what's been going on with you guys? Busy season here? Slower season? Busy, Pat- way busier than I expected. Yeah. Bailey just got back from the CO. What's that? Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? So good. Yeah. Vacation or yeah, family? Vacation. It was very restful, yeah. um, but we got to drive ATV, like, oh. razors over the mountains. Razor scooters? Hike and fish. Mm-hmm. No, like, that's the brand. Oh, yeah, like Razor or brand of scooters. <laughs> yeah, I drove a Razor back in the day. Yeah? Razor scooter. Those things used to hurt, dude. Yeah, when you <laughs> hit your animal on those things. Yeah. That was, um, like, ultimate, like, punishment for someone. Yeah. And now people do it for fun. They'll put uh, the the chickens in their mouth. You know what I'm talking about? And then they'll like do some sort of pain. So some of them will be like razor scooters. And then like if they exhale, like just chicken noise comes out. You know what I'm talking about? The things that you squeeze. Yes. And yes. It, like people do challenges with those. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah. But that sounds miserable. Yeah. It's it's usually guys yeah. doing it, which hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> it's why we live. Yeah. No, live we have less. a shorter lifespan. Exactly. How about you, man? I'm it's good. Been a, I'm, I've been busy, but we uh, we're taking a little bit of a break this week. We're going back to try not to burn out, bro. I'm trying to yeah. <laughs> going back to visit family and, and work a fireworks stand. So I'll be uh, out of town till till Wednesday, but I'll be back Wednesday afternoon probably. Um, okay. Trying to make some more um, more money mm. so that I can spend things spend it spend. on things that. It, that I need to. Um, so what's needing to be spent on? Um, <laughs> well, there's, there's a few things stuff. First of all, I need to raise money for Kenya. So if you, yeah. uh, if you're listening and you have extra money just lying around, just think about, <laughs> Shout out, bro. think about Bailey and I, uh, going on our trip to Kenya in August. So you can consider that, but also just seminary, um, mm. planning, um, need money to, to save, um, I think it's a good way to, to plan for the future is just to, to save money. So you got to be thinking about Live the future, better. you know, I finally get the whole concept of like, I work so that my dog can have a good life paying for a puppy. It's more than I knew. Uh, yeah. I feel like you pay a lot of money for like just little things. Yeah. Like I went to Petco yesterday. Just, 
accidentally spent $60. Oh my. You just like, it, it's just hard sometimes because you like spend money sometimes without really thinking about like how it's going to affect you in the future. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But like, I'm trying to grow in that. I'm trying to learn how to actively <laughs> think about the future, you know? Actively thinking about the future. He's done, trying to do my transitions for me. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So today, um, I think this is just an interesting topic with the season that we're in. Um, obviously some of you guys may be at summer camp and some of you may be having a slower summer. Um, but the fall's quickly approaching. Um, and so this is a timely episode of uh, being fearful about the future. So that's our topic for today. Um, and we got some experts in the room about not being fearful about the future. <laughs> Barely gave me a duster. Um, so uh, first, uh, as we always do, we kind of lay a foundation in, in defining what this really looks like. What does it mean? So simply put, what it, what is fearing the future? What does that mean? I mean, it's pretty basic. You are afraid of what comes next. Um, you have anxiety or maybe just concerns about things that are unknown and that are uncertain. Yeah. Because you, um, you don't know. Yeah. So, so what areas have you guys seen, especially being leaders in ministry for, for a little bit now, like what areas, especially Christians, uh, do they struggle with fearing the future? I mean, first, obviously, the, the two that come to my mind are uh, w- what will I do with my life? What job will I do? And two, who who will I marry? And three. Uh, oh, there's three now. There's another one. <laughs> uh, three, where am I going to live? Like, I think those are yeah. pretty basic um, common common fears that a lot of college students have, a lot of Christian college students have. Yeah. Um, so I think those are three. Yeah. I think a lot of our basic fear comes from this idea of wanting to like the control or to be in control or just like feeling Mm -hmm. like we have a lack of control and knowing what our future is. So having a hard time with that. Yeah. So with, with a lack of control, it brings about an interesting question where and how do we live in the balance of not being in control, which is a, I think a very true statement, uh, but also not fearing the future. Cause I think for an unbeliever, um, not having control is going to automatically lead to fear. So where do Christians sit in this um, not having control, but also not fearing the future? I mean, I, I think it's clear you have to remind yourself of the hope you have, um, the, hope, the hope in the gospel, the, ho- the hope in a future with Jesus, because um, like we, we quote this verse in church all the time, but Revelation, like I think it's 21, where it says there will be no more mourning and no more uh, pain, no more suffering. And we, we have to cling to that. We have to cling to the fact that like he who promised is faithful. And we said it a few weeks ago on the podcast, but Philippians 1, 6, that, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so it, if we truly believe that that Christ Jesus will, will finish in us what he started, then there really isn't a room or a reason to fear. Because if we truly believe that, that Jesus will, will finish what he started, then, then we should have this hope in us that, that he's going to finish what he started, that he is going to bring us to a place where we won't have any uncertainties or, or we won't have any um, fears. Because uh, if you look at 1 Corinthians 13 again, it says in the, one of the last verses that uh, faith, hope, and love remain. But, but the greatest of these is love. Why is that? Well, eventually... Uh, our faith will become sight. 
yeah. and we won't have a reason to fear anymore because our, our faith will be made manifest in the presence of Christ and our hopes will be fulfilled in his, in his presence. So, and so I think that uh, what can help us to, to not have fear, what, what can help us in our lack of control, really to remember that the one who is in control has promised that he's going to be faithful to us. And so yeah. trusting in, trusting in God. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think being rooted in scripture enough to know like when he makes like statements and commands and says that he will, um, just remembering that that's truth. And so in like Isaiah 41, 10, he says, fear not for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He says time and time again that he will strengthen, he will uphold, um, do not be dismayed. And so I think even in looking that with the future, just knowing that his promises are true. Yeah. 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 I've been reading, um, old Testament, uh, still in numbers trying to, to get my way through. Um, and it's been sweet though, to, to slow down, um, and to see, um, and I, and I think a lot of people cling to the idea that, uh, the Lord forgave his people because of his covenant. Um, but the Bible recap brought up an interesting point that, uh, because God is outside of time, he knew that his son was going to die for them. And he knew that, um, his blood being shed was going to be enough for their sins and going to cover them. And so he had this perspective that, that we as humanity don't, don't get, we get, you know, if we're lucky, you know, 60 to 80 years, sometimes pushing even further, um, of getting to experience life. But, but God was there from the beginning and he's here in the present and he's going to be there for eternity. Um, and so he gets this, this wide picture, um, that we get to cling to, we get to, we get to hope in and we get to reside our soul in, um, in these moments of, of fearing the future. And I, and I think it creates sort of a deeper trust, um, in the one who is orchestrating this whole thing. Um, and I think we just try to cling too hard onto, onto, uh, what we believe is right and what we think is next and what we think is best for us. And so, um, with that, um, I kind of want to go even, uh, kind of taking a step back before we jump into, you know, how do we effectively not fear the future in a way that's, that's sinful. Um, why do you guys think it's like human nature uh, to fear the future? Like why? Cause I, I think every normal, I say normal, uh, just the natural response when we think about the future and we try to plan things out and we try to even think about what the next week holds. We just have fear. Like why is it human nature to do that? I mean, we, we weren't made to be uh, sovereign. We, we aren't sovereign. And so I think Bailey said it so well that fear originates in a uh, lack of authority and a, and a lack of power um, to fulfill what the heart wants. Mm. And so I think like in all of those, those three things that I, I said college students are fearing over, the first one being like, uh, what, what am I going to do for a living? Well, a lot of the times college students have fear in that because they understand that they don't really have the power to just get whatever job they want immediately. Like it's going to take hard work. It's going to take the Lord's hand and, and the Lord's blessing. Like, and a lot of times college students don't even really know exactly what they want. As far as like the second one, like who am I going to marry? We have to see that that takes a lot of the Lord's hand and blessing. Like it's not like you just, um, wake up tomorrow and find the perfect spouse. You, you have to work hard. You have to trust God in that. And the third thing, like, where are you going to live? Like, once again, the Lord's hand has to be in that for you to have um, victory and power in that. And so I think 
and all of those things, it's, it's remembering that, um, the reason there's fear is because like, we don't have the power, only he does. And so really leaning into him, who is the source of that power. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, this may be a hot take, but, um, John's ears just rose. He's like, uh Oh, um, I heard it said that, um, a lot of things that we fear are already in the hands of God. Everything that you can think about in your life that you start to worry about, um, can be thrown under the greatest or not the greatest commandment, the, the great commission, uh, Matthew 28, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That answers a 99% of the questions that people are asking and are fearful about the future. The only two it doesn't answer is, is what is the, the company name or the, the person's name in the top left corner of the checkbook? And where, is, where are you going to be living? Those are the only two mm-hmm. things it doesn't tell you. Everything else, what's my purpose in life? Go and make disciples. How am I going to do it? By your power and by your spirit. Um, and so I think we, we sit in a spot that... Yes, the Lord is, is a God of detail and he knows everything that's going to happen and all the finite things that, that we worry about. And he knows that. And there's more to it than just go and make disciples. Yes. But the mission is go and make disciples. And that's why we're still here on earth. And I think mm. uh, there are sometimes we just like overcomplicate, you know, what we're, what we're here to do. Um, and I fall into that trap all the time. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I live perfectly and I just go and make disciples. That's all I do. Um, but I think when we, when we step back, like this is the mission and this is the goal, um, that God has set forth for us. I mean, he's equipped us fully to do it. And so, um, that's something sweet that we get to get to lean into. Um, and as I was thinking and praying through, uh, just this episode, obviously anxiety, um, I think plays into fear about the future. And so, um, what is your guys' insight on how anxiety plays into this? Are they, are they similar? Are they different? What are some things we need to differentiate between the two? Um, things like that. Definitely plays into it. Um, I think there are times when they're similar and times when anxiety looks pretty separate from just fears of the future. But as people can start to think and dwell on a future instead of being currently present where they're at, they're going to get anxious because mm-hmm. I think it's back to that lack of control thing without the, when we're dwelling a lot in, um, what is ahead of us, we don't know what that looks like. And then we can spiral into a lot of anxieties about why, like, mm-hmm. am I going to have enough money? Am I yeah. going to whatever, start asking a lot of the questions that just bring about a lack of peace. Um, and then it's in that lack of peace that we experience the anxieties, um, which Lord says to cast on him. And so, and he is a God of peace. And so as we start to get more into the trap of a lack of peace about our future and not trusting the Lord with that, then we're going to experience the anxieties. Mm. Yeah. And my, my brain went to Psalm 34. Uh, And so if you were to read Psalm 34, the context is that David is, um, being, being pursued by Saul and he, has changed his behavior before Abimelech. And so he uh, is basically alone in this cave by himself. And if you were to read Psalm 34, it's, it's beautiful. And I'm not going to read all the verses of it, but uh, we know uh, Psalm 34, 4, I, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. 
David is obviously fearful about the future. He is um, wondering if he's going to be king. He, he's fighting for his life. He's, he's running for his life. And of course, like if, if of anyone, David is, is someone who's easily worried about his future. God, God made these promises to him that, that he would be king. And then now a lot of circumstances come in and, and caused him to fear. And so of, of anyone, David has reason to fear the future. And yet David in Psalm 34, once again, verse four, he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse five, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. You continue like even verse 18, we we know that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And so I think what can help us in our, in our fear of the future is to remember that, that God is good. Like it's so simple, but that God is good. And that God desires to bless you. Uh, a lot of times we, we think that, that God is um, out, to get us. All, out to get us or that God is only attempting to bless our spiritual life, which, of course, the, he wants to bless us with Christ. That, that's the most important blessing. But Christ is also wanting to bless us in other ways because he's a good father. And I think like we forget that sometimes that we forget that, that he is concerned about those things too. A lot of times we, we think that God is only concerned about the big things mm-hmm. and that the little things are, are beyond him, that they're too small to ask. But, but no, God is a good father because when David sought the Lord, God answered him and delivered me from all of his fears. Yeah. Not just a few, God delivered him from all of his fears. And so I, th- I think even in that, if, if you're afraid of, where am I going to live? Or what is my job going to be? Who is my spouse going to be? Am I going to be married? Remember that, that God cares about those things too, and that God is good and God wants to bless you. If only you would do it in his timing and trust him. Yeah. Well, so. I would even say though, a lot of times I put those into the bigger categories, like of mm-hmm. questions, like that is more of a I guess personally in my life, that's like a yeah. bigger qu- like question of who I'm going to marry or what's my next step or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I'm reminded to go back to the verse that says, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And when it's talking about that, it's not saying that, like it's saying it's a light into my path that for the next few, like the next steps ahead of me, it's not saying that the whole path is lit mm-hmm. up right all the way to the end. Um, it's just saying that we have to walk in step. And so reminding myself that like, the Lord, I can get frustrated when I'm like, if you know what six steps ahead looks like, can you not just give me like some sort of mm-hmm. comfort in that? Um, and he mm. wants to be present in the the next step each one at a time. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I was reminded of um, something that had been said to me in regards to what you were saying, Caleb, that um, and into what you were saying, Bailey, like our God is infinitely powerful. And so he's going to all those big worries and who am I going to marry? What am I going to do with my life? All these things. He's infinitely powerful to provide those things, but he's also also intimately personal. And in the little things in your life that are um, even seem mundane to you and like, God, I'm just like really frustrated with this person, but it'll go away. Like bringing that to the father, he's intimately personal. He cares about those things. Um, and so whether it's the big thing or the little thing, like God is asking you to bring it to him um, and not look inward to try and figure it out on your own, uh, but to cast your gaze upward. And um, I want to make an important point in, in regards to anxiety. Um, and this would lead probably to a different episode, but 
I think it's important to just distinguish for the people who are listening. Like there is, there's a side of it that is completely uncontrollable. Um, and I don't want to mm. discount, um, the people that are struggling with those things at all. Um, and so I, would, I just want to lay out, like, there are some things that, that are completely out of, um, people's cognitive yeah. firing chemicals in their brain. Um, and I just want to say, sorry, cause I know, um, that's challenging. Um, and, and what we're kind of hitting on is the anxiety that, um, we try to figure out our life on our own and is almost self-induced in some cases. And so, um, I just want to make that distinction, uh, for us. And, um, as well in regards to fear, I think something that I, um, cling to a lot is, is what do you fear the most? Are, are you, um, in a spot where you're fearing God the most, and this is like, this is a reverent fear. This is proclaiming that God is holy and mm. he is the creator of all things is, and if that is your, your first and your foremost fear, um, and this isn't everything just begins to figure itself out. Uh, but I think you become less and less fearful about what's next because mm. you, you fear God who has your next step, who has, um, your, just your next step, uh, lit before you, um, and not your entire plan. Cause God knows if we were to set before us his entire plan for our lives, we would freak out and probably back out. Uh, to be honest, like if he was, if you knew 10 years from now, he's going to call you to live overseas, not a luxurious lifestyle. A lot of people would be like, you yeah, know, I'm not doing that. Um, but one step after another, as he um, grows your trust and your knowledge and your affections for him. Like these things begin to rise up out of you. And so, um, with that, can I, can I say one yeah, more thing? Real yeah, quick? no, no, go for it. Yeah. I just, I thought of an analogy of an analogy. And we, we've talked about on the podcast a lot about this, this analogy of parent and child. And you notice that, uh, when you were a kid, when you'd get in the car for a road trip with your parents, you never once would ask, or, or doubt really your parents' driving ability. It was always, okay, my, my mom or my dad is going to take me where we need to go. Mm. Um, I, I'm going to trust that they're going to get us to where we need to be because I, I trust them. Like they have, have delivered in the past. They have always gotten us to where we need to go. Um, we've, we've never really been late. Like I, I trust them. Well, <laughs> you know, or in a sense, like, um, my dad, like, I, I know, like he said, we're going to this place and I, and I can trust him. I don't need to doubt. And so it is with, with, with God that, that he is the driver in our life and, and we're just passengers in the car and, and we need to sit back and trust God because he's taken us to where we need to go. Hmm. And if we could really see it from that perspective, that, that God is a good driver, that he, he's a good leader in that, then, then we'll be okay. Because growing up with my family, I had peace knowing that my dad or my mom was driving because I trusted them. Mm. Let it be the same with God. Yeah. It's a great transition. Thank you. So with, with trusting God um, and with clinging less to ourselves about the future and trying to conjure up a plan on our own, what are some practical ways that we can become less fearful? Um, and we've hit on a couple of these, but, but become less fearful about the things in the future um, and trust God uh, even more with just the next step. A lot of it goes to like the the common spiritual disciplines we talk about of being in the word and being in prayer. Um, but I think one that I've clung to a lot recently is um, talking to the right community about it. Just a few people. Um, and especially like in my own life, I've really appreciated like kind of going to mentor type relationship of someone who's a little bit ahead of me mm. um, and can look back and just remember when they were in this stage of life. Um, 
and just being like, I get where you are, but also like, here's where I am 20 years later. Um, mm-hmm. and just can, can listen and hear, um, and also speak a lot of truth into what it looks like to mm-hmm. be on the other side 20 years from now, but then also they still have a future. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I think I kind of lost the question for a second, but you're good. It- I, yeah, ask it again. <laughs> okay. It was basically just like practically, how do we become less fearful about things in the future? Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, I've seen like talking to the right people about what I'm fearing, um, and being honest and saying that and speaking it out loud, um, just to kind of help them figure help. They have helped me figure out mm-hmm. what it is that is the root of like what I'm fearing or whatever. Um, and like kind of redirect my thoughts. And I think by talking about it out loud, I'm able to hear myself say mm-hmm. what's the struggle. And then I can be like, oh, that's silly. Like mm-hmm. almost sometimes. Um, and then go to truth of scripture and of the word and of prayer and be able to take it to God in a mm-hmm. more specific way of like, okay, now that I realize that this is my insecurity about the next two years, like mm-hmm. here it is, Lord. Um, so. Yeah, that's good. I, I've always, I've always said, nobody's going to know how to help you mm-hmm. or nobody's going to be able to help you if they don't know how to help you. And so how, how do, um, we put fears to an end? We have to speak them out loud, like Bailey said, and also to be consistent and constant in prayer. She also said like going to the father who is in control to be able to rest in his control and in his peace. Um, and also just like I told, I told him we were going to talk about this song before, but like one of my favorite songs right now is called fear is not my future by, by elevation or Brandon Lake. Uh, and like the bridge in there, he says, fear is not my future. Sickness is not my story. Heartbreak is not my home and death is not the end. And so I think another way that we can practically defeat fear is, is to not really dwell on our pain. Um, each of those lines, like fear is not my future. Sickness is not my story. I'm, I'm not going to be defined by my sickness. Heartbreak is not my home. I'm not going to dwell in my heartbreak and death is not the end. And so that's in each of those things, we're, we're, we're not going to dwell in the past, but we're going to expectantly, expect, expectantly, I can't speak, wait for the future mm-hmm. because death isn't the end. Um, heartbreak isn't the end. Heartbreak isn't, isn't my home. My home is with Christ. Sickness isn't my story because my story is, is full healing in Christ. And fear isn't my future because the hope of Jesus is my future. And so I think it's, um, turning your attention from your pain, which it's okay to feel pain. It's okay to experience that. Um, and it's okay to, to, uh, um, talk about that, to speak about that, but I'm not going to allow my pain to, to turn my attention away from my, my, uh, my present reality and my future reality with Christ. And so I think that um, just a practical example is to um, not allow your, your pain and your past to define you. Mm. Know that you have a hope and a future. Um, and the flesh doesn't define you anymore. You're not of the flesh. You are of the spirit. Um, you are gratifying the spirit now. So I, I think yeah. too, spending time rejoicing and remembering his goodness, um, mm-hmm. in s- staff prayer time yesterday, 
there was just some heavy like prayer requests. And I remember just like when I went to pray, having to pause and be like, God, you're good. And it's hard to read um, some of these things that our body of believers is facing. Um, but we proclaim that like you are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just rejuvenating our soul with rejoicing in where we're at now, um, refresh, being refreshed in his goodness and reminded of his holiness and just like praising him, spending time in a lot of um, just worship of now and the joys around us currently can often take our eyes off of um, the yeah. fear of the future. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm going to say it again, <laughs> but like... <laughs> Do we truly believe how good heaven is going to be? Do we truly believe how, how good heaven is going to be? Because if we truly believe like how good heaven actually is and, and is claimed to be in the, in the scriptures, then our fear would be so minimal. Like, yes, the things that happen to us in this life are, are, are hard and wicked a lot of times. And, um, Jesus died for a lot of those things that um, happened to us. But heaven, like once again, in Revelation, it speaks of how beautiful heaven is, where there's no more pain, no more mourning, no more suffering. And so if, if we truly believe how good heaven truly is, then our fears, even though they are real, they would be um, minimalized. And we'd see that like a lot of them are just irrational because the hope of heaven destroys the, the heartbreak of, of our homes now. So, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with all the things being said. Um, I want to present the other side, um, a little bit and say with community, I think it's completely okay to, to honestly take a deep dive in why you're fearing the things you're fearing. Um, yes, behold God's glory. Yes. Behold his goodness. Yes. Praise him for all that he's doing. Um, and I'm, I'm do not want to neglect that at all. Uh, but I also think within fearing the future, I think there's some more deeply rooted misunderstandings of who God is. Um, and I think if we just continue to, to only look to, to God, he's good, he's faithful. And I think God will use that 1000%. But I think it's also very important to with community be asking the deeper questions and not just, why are you fearing this? Don't fear it. Mm. Um, but I think it's okay to say, why are you fearing this? Is this because you don't trust God enough? Is this because you don't think that he's gone before you and asking these deeper rooted questions? Cause I think a lot of the time uh, when we fear the future, it's, it's sometimes like you're saying, like, do we really mm. believe that heaven is that good? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that, that God is a provider and a sustainer that because he provides for the animals, like he's going to provide for you much more abundantly. Yeah. Like, do we really believe that promise? And I think like you were hitting at this, but, but asking those questions in community, asking those questions to God himself um, and letting him uh, bring about freedom within that and, and reminding you that you aren't alone in this. Um, that's something that I always hear, um, especially at impact when, when freshmen come in, they're like, Oh, I thought I was all alone in, mm-hmm. in my sin struggle. I thought I was all alone. And, being fearful about college. I was like, I was the only one going into an engineering major that my classes didn't work out. Mm. You're not alone in that. Yeah. Um, I think being reminded of that is important. Um, and the fact that there, there are no sins that have not been found out yet by God is mm. just an important promise and a reminder for, for God's people. Um, and then Bailey hit on this when she first started answering this question, but but God's word is living and active and it's mm-hmm. speaking. Like there's never a time you're going to read um, 
any verse in, in the Bible and just get the exact same thing out of it every single time. Like you're going to read Ephesians and you're going to get completely different insights for, for who God is and what he's doing in your life. Um, as, as when you read it, you know, two years ago or a year ago or six months ago. Um, and so like we we're saying community, finding yourself in prayer, beholding God's glory, asking the hard questions and, and finding yourself in the scriptures that, that claim these promises that you get to cling to and you get to hold on to. Um, so with all of that, um, we've kind of hit on, um, obviously don't fear the future if it, if it's a misplacement of your hope, um, and you're just hoping in yourself and not of who God is. Um, we've, we had a podcast on this a while ago. Um, it was called, I think planning versus YOLO, I think is what it was called. Um, so with, with this, I, w- I don't want to give the wrong impression that like, just don't even think about the future. Just think about now. Um, cause I think it's also important to be mindful of the future and to uh, be planning for things. So how do we do this effectively? How do we um, sit in a spot where we get to look forward, um, but also stay in the present without fearing the future? Does that make sense? The question a little bit? It does. Okay. I don't super have a great answer, but a little thing, I think I've actually kind of talked about this in a podcast before. Um, A little thing is like, For instance, I'm currently in the residency program that has pretty much guaranteed a place for me through next December. So I have a year and a half Mm. before another next step. And so just practically and literally, um, I've kind of set a parameter for myself to like not look or plan too much into what is next until Mm -hmm. about a year from now when I'm six months out from being done. Um, I'm glad I kind of have like a structure of this is two years. And so I kind Mm -hmm. of have an ending point. Um, and so just like a way now of just being, knowing that throughout this next year, I can pray, I can run to scripture. I can learn more about my identity and in the gifts that the Lord's given me and what that will look like for my next position. Um, and wherever I go to allowing the Lord to mold me and shape my, my gifts to be what they need to be for the next season. But, um, that for now there's not a lot of planning I need Mm -hmm. to do until like then. And that's just a practical thing. But knowing like when you're a freshman in college, um, there's, there's just not in my mind, a hustle to know exactly what the end of it is going to look like Mm -hmm. until you're about a year or six months out from graduating. And that's a really good time to be like, okay, and this is what I want to do. But, but, um, let the seasons that you're in teach you get internships, do things like try stuff. Um, but kind of hold, like letting yourself not hold on to a, a plan until mm-hmm. it's kind of closer to the time of a necessity. Yeah. That's good. Can you, can you ask your question again? It's basically how do I effectively plan for the future without letting fear creep in basically? Yeah, I would say, I would say it's wise to make plans. Um, but know that the, the plans of of uh, of God are are greater. Uh, mm-hmm. The plans of God are stronger and more sovereign. And so, I'm just reminded of Genesis 12. Um, I'm going to read a few of the verses. But verse one: Now the Lord said to Abram, "Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you." Verse two: And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so we see this, this plan and promise made by God to Abraham for, for Abraham or Abram's future. 
Uh, and so, so what is Abram's response? Verse four. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran and Abram took Sarai, his wife and Lot, his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem to the Oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Verse eight, from there, he, Abram moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on still going to the, toward the Negeb. And so it's this idea that the way to effectively trust God and to not be afraid of your future, but also to still plan is to know that, that you can make plans. Abram was, was obeying what the Lord had said and, and doing what he thought the Lord would command him to do and trusted that if, if he was out of step, that God would correct him or that God would meet him where he's at. And so I think um, for us, it's okay to make plans. It's wise to make plans, but know that if, if you're walking out of step that God will correct you and know that God is sovereign enough to be with you. And, and he gave you the spirit to um, develop those plans anyway. And so I think knowing that um, once again, it's okay to make plans, but knowing that God can change them and will change them if he needs to, because God is with you. Um, and so I think you don't have to be afraid because one, God is with you and God can change your plans if he needs to. And God will yeah. often. Yeah. I, I want to, I want to say the, the answer that I think everyone's kind of looking for, um, that finding yourself in God's presence when you're making these plans and, and abiding in him and in his will for you. Um, that only comes about when you're clearly hearing his voice, which is going to come about when you find yourself in scripture and, in communication with him um, and in community of believers that you're sharing this stuff with. Um, but I think I will say <clears throat> an effective sign uh, that you're not trusting God with your plans is, is asking the question, are you okay to, to wholeheartedly say, let your will be done. Mm. And if you can't effectively say that and fully say that with, with trusting him, then I think you're, you're starting to put your own identity and your own, uh, will and your own plan into your future. And you're not allowing God to, to redirect your path and to guide your next step and to uh, provide the resources necessary. I think you start to play the hand of God in a sense of, I'm going to be able to provide for this and do this, do X, Y, and Z. Um, mm. And I think just asking that question, like, are you okay with, with asking God to do things hundred um, percent? And I always go back to uh, before Jesus went on the cross, like, if, if you may, like if, if this cup can pass, like let it pass. But at the end of the day, let your will be done. Mm. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And if you can sit in that spot with your plans, like, like God, I think this is the right direction to go. Uh, but ultimately it, let your will be done in my life. And, and are you okay with God completely wrecking your entire plan? And I think if you're okay with that, um, yes, it's going to be hard and yes, it's going to be challenging. And yes, there's going to be heartache and, you may lose some money. You may lose some relationships, all these things. But are you okay with God wrecking your life? 
Um, because that's, I think that's what the gospel is, is throwing your life away and accepting a new life that, that you're called to. Um, and so I think asking those questions, mm-hmm. like, are, are you okay with God's will being, being done in your life, whatever that looks like? And are you okay with him wrecking even your next week's plan, your next two years plan, your 10 year plan that people like to do? Are you okay with him wrecking it? Um, and I think those are just some good signs to, to look for, uh, when you're making these plans. But, um, I think that's about all I, all I got. If y'all have any additional thoughts. I've talked a lot today, but I do have one more thing. If, Go for it. If Bailey doesn't have anything. I mean, yeah, just continuing on what you had said, Jesus had a plan. Obviously, he did ministry for three years with his disciples and with the um, other people in his company. And so Jesus clearly had a plan of, of where am I going to go do ministry? Uh, what am I going to do? How am I going to act when I'm in these cities? And yet Jesus, once again, he, he submitted his plan and his will to the Father. So I think that's just a good outline that, that you're, you can make plans and you can stick to them and, that, and that's wise. But as Zach said, we are going to submit to the will of the Father mm. because your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. Good word. So. Well, thanks for joining. Thanks for, for coming on, Bailey. Thank you, Caleb, as always. Bailey, oh. I, I, I really appreciated what you said today, too. Yeah. Good stuff. Caleb's just one of my biggest encouragers. Always a hype man. Come on. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's my plan for the future is <laughs> okay. to be her hype man. <laughs> okay. I... And I'm not afraid about it. It's... I appreciate that. That's good. Hey, we'll be right back here next week. We got a youth episode. We'll see you guys there. <laughs>